Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Welcome back to another edition of Speed Street presented by Dirty Mo Media. We have tons to talk about this week. I mean, we are still weeks away from racing officially starting, but now the calendar's turned. The offseason is no more. We got rookie drivers. We got concert announcements. We got tons of stuff to talk about. And we have a fantastic guest today as well. The 2021 NTT IndyCar Series champion Alex Palo stops by for a uh, very interesting conversation we got into a lot of stuff that happened both on and off the track from this past year as i'm sure you could figure that we probably did that's the guy that we wanted it's a guy that we wanted we can't go anywhere with the with the, the voice of the man you just heard connor daly how we knew today bro i'm great no i'm excited for our guest i know we talked a lot on the show the last year if you're new to this show recently uh we appreciate you finding us um but alex Pillow had a lot going on in his life last year uh in the season uh, the first driver that I'd know um, that was getting sued in the middle of the season. Uh, so that's wild. Uh, or someone was suing someone else. Not really sure, but there was a suing. And uh, and so, yeah, I, I, we, we try to play it a little bit careful for him because he's obviously still driving for said people that they were in legal battles with. But it was it was it was just nice of him to come on and and chat a little bit about it and get into his mind. Um, because he's a very talented driver and, and he's got a lot of, um, you know, great insight on f1 as well so very very cool conversation um but yeah joey as you mentioned we got a lot of stuff going on i think we have a lot to talk about first we got stingray rob signing for dale coin racing uh taking over that number 51 car with rick ware racing uh we have takuma sato signing uh for chip ganassi racing uh for just the ovals uh yeah. oval guy which honestly I, great for him works well I, we yeah very, very exciting. I mean, if you're kind of pulling back, getting closer to retirement, that's probably the way to do it because ovals are, I would say, well, ovals are tough, but they are uh, maximum enjoyment at times. So uh, also uh, we have the 2023 Indy 500 Snake Pit announcement is today. It's literally, as we're recording this, it hasn't been released yet, but I might happen to have got a hint, know a little bit early. Um but that announcement is happening today, so I'm going to tell everyone the artists and what we think of them. There's some interesting folks that are going to be there. So, yeah, very, very um, exciting. And there's something to get into with our Dirty Mo family. We have Danny Hamlin now as a fellow podcast host. Uh, let's just talk about that right out the gate because I think that was a very cool announcement. Joey, what did you think of seeing uh, this little fancy sit-down video? Who did you think it was going to be? And then, boom, Denny someone that everyone wants to hear his opinion on yeah dude i had no really i you know i i had no inclinations at all uh and then i saw old dirty denny uh sit down and i was like oh well that's gonna be well worth a listen and a viewing um we've seen 
Denny, obviously on the track, on Twitter, um, pretty much everywhere. Yeah, D- D- Denny's got stuff to say. He's got personality, um, and I think it's going to be great. You know, I, I, Dirty Mo, man. I mean, it's like you, know, you have like Omaha Productions that does like a lot of football. <laughs> they're kind of they're kind of you know corralling the football world. Peyton and Eli and Kyle Brand and then Cam Hayward and all these folks over there. And then you got Dirty Mo Media, and I'm just honored to be a part of it. I mean, you got Connor Daly, Dirt. Denny Hamlin, Dale Earnhardt, obviously, the uh, the 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 door bumper clear guys. I mean, this is fantastic. This is becoming an empire here. It does feel like we were the first on the spaceship. Like we're in the first class, and and we're having we've had a couple cocktails in the first class cabin to the moon, and uh, and now everyone's kind of getting aboard. So it's it's very very exciting. Ben, I want to ask you from in the office standpoint because you we do this on Zoom. You're over near the headquarters usually most of the time. Was there uh did it did people keep it a secret because I knew a little bit about it. I, Mike Mike actually called me Mike Davis and he said to for me to try to take a guess and I I guessed it right. And it took me a couple guesses but I I eventually got it and he wouldn't confirm or deny it. But has there been a great general reaction in the Dirty Mo camp as to bringing on this extremely successful best friends with Michael Jordan? Guy who has cool shoes. He owns his own basketball court in his house, uh, and very successful race car driver. I think the reaction's been awesome. I think, as you said, they're continuing to grow what podcasts they want to bring, new personalities. I mean, he's been very entertaining going on Door Rubber Clear and then um, even going on the download and just sharing his thoughts. So I'm super excited to have him. I can't wait to see what kind of drama we're going to stir up, have to deal with all that fun stuff. But that's going to be really cool. That's going to be going on during the season. Um, I think it's going to be out on Mondays or Tuesdays every week. So fresh off the weekends, he's going to have some, I think, some really interesting insights to being an owner and a driver. So I can't wait. I mean, he's literally I, everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah. I, I don't know how he has time for everything. Like, I'm I'm surprised he even wanted to do a podcast because of just he's a dad everything. Too. He's yeah, he's a dad, he's a dad, owner, driver. I mean, you got to hang out with Michael sometimes, play some basketball, you know. You got to sit by the lake in your big house. Like it's, you know, you got to have time for all those things. I would like to do like a a, a dirty mo media Olympics or like a dirty ah. mo media <laughs> version of the amazing race. I'd like to pit all the podcasts against each other. So me, Connor, and Ben, if Ben chooses to come with us, because I know you have your hand in a lot of different things. <laughs> Uh, if I give it Denny against the door bumper clear folks against Mike and, and Dale Jr. Some sort of competition. I don't know. We could, we maybe it's a golf outing, maybe it's a bowling tournament. I don't know. I want either there, there could be a lot of good co- yeah, uh, content cool. that comes from yeah. uh, a recording and video of all of us competing against one another to take home the Dirty One Media crown. So I know Mike listens every week. Just throw that out there. I think it could be a good idea for 2023. I already got to note it. I already got to note it. Perfect. I think there is a lot of a lot of good things to this for for the whole media group, right? Because Denny is very well followed. He's got so many massive business affiliations through his team, through the team that he drives for, which I still find is a wild thing. Him owning a team, driving for another team, still hilarious. One of the most hilarious things <laughs> in NASCAR. Um, but I also I, I respect uh, what. Denny does away from the track too. I like when Denny gets on his Instagram story and he's flying a plane to Vegas with his great friends and they're having potentially one of the greatest times that successful people can have together. I I respect that. 
I have I once watched Denny Hamlin sing karaoke at two thirty in the morning in Indianapolis at the Wild Beaver Saloon. So I already appreciate Denny because to be fair, before that moment, I did not really know Denny. I remember I was a Sp- Spencer Piggott, former IndyCar driver as well. Uh, myself, my friends in Indianapolis. And we were at this uh, place called the Tin Roof. Joey, I believe you're familiar with that. We've all been there at least once or twice in our I lives. I have been here a time or two, yes. Yes, and uh, I will not say what weekend it was, because just for safety reasons, <laughs> but I will also say that Denny um, was a, a friendly human being, and he should not have known who me or Spencer was, because... We're nobodies compared to NASCAR, although this is our goal is to get IndyCar to that level as well. This is why we do the show. But it was a, a great time interacting with Denny. I, I enjoyed uh, his 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 abilities to do uh, activities in the evenings, uh, whether that was uh, conversing or shotgunning certain uh, beverages. We don't know. It's all allegedly. Um, but I, I think Denny would be a very, very good candidate for driving in the Indy 500. Not only because he gives no Fs, as they say, none of those. Um, He is extremely talented behind the wheel. And pretty much everything I've witnessed him do, whether it's owning a basketball court or uh, doing whatever he does on his Instagram stories with his friends, it's always looking like it's successful. So I, I think it would be a very, very exciting thing for him to do the Indy 500. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we've talked many times on this show about, hey, come on over. Come on over, baby. I'm not just saying that. Is that TLC? Or is that Beyonce? I can't remember. You know that song? I come have no idea. Over. Come but it on was, over, baby. Anyway. It, it wasn't the song that Denny sung at karaoke at 2.30 what in the did morning. He say? Uh, it might have been the Thong song. We, we, I was not really sure. I It was a fu- foggy, fuzzy night for me as well. Um, might have been a top four hangover for me, honestly, of all time that night. Oh. So um, top four. Yeah, it was weekend off for me. Um, but yeah, very excited to have Danny in the family. Uh, I hope that even after this episode, he still talks to me. I think that would be really cool. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. Honestly... I listened to all of our productions at the Dirty Mo Media House. I can't wait to see what he says, honestly, because I, 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 part of the reason why people follow drivers is that they say things that are exciting or that might stir the pot a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are so many people who also hate Denny Hamlin on the oh, internet. Yeah. I see it all the time. NASCAR Twitter goes wild with it. But that means he's doing something right. Because if you have that level of support, which he does because he's got huge sponsors, huge company support, the guy's got more trophies than he has probably, I don't know, anything else that most people have. Um, and that that just it just means he's doing something right. So I, I think that's great. He's going to probably say some things that might stir the pot. Oh, boy. Oh, no. But guess what? It's going to get clicks. It's going to get people to listen to the episodes. It might even get more and more and more people to tune in to NASCAR races, which, again, is the goal of all of our racing series. It's to get people to watch our product on Saturdays, Sundays, whatever day it is, doesn't matter. As long as it's on television, if people were watching, that's that's a good thing. So I, I think it's very cool. Hopefully, Denny will um, 
mentioned Speed Street once or twice. Who knows? Maybe it's an exciting little partnership. Maybe we interview him at, at one point. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm I'm excited to see how it plays out for this whole group. Most definitely, man. Yeah, it's going to be must listen. And you mentioned uh, him coming over to the 500. And then last week, right after we recorded, of course, we get the bomb dropped on us that Kyle Larson officially going to be racing in the 2024 Indy 500. Oh yeah, big news! Big news! We 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 have we have speculated about that. We have wished for that. We have hoped for that. Really, since I feel like we've started doing this show together, and now it's finally going to happen. So, what are your thoughts, Connor? What is that process over the next year and a few months going to be like for him uh, for his preparation to get ready uh, to to drive uh, in the Indy 500? Well, it's very interesting that you that you ask that because. I think drivers like Kyle, they get slightly different rules. <laughs> like when Fernando Alonso came over to uh, to try the Indy 500, he got um, some additional test days that weren't necessarily normal. Yeah, but that was also because he had you know another schedule that he was doing as well. But I, I'm I'm excited to see how it plays out. Now I obviously only have an Indy car ride to the end of this season so far, but I you know hope to everything that I can hope to. That we continue, obviously, racing next year. We have a very successful year this year, so I can get to race against Kyle Larson because I have raced against Kyle Larson, but in a dirt midget and pretty much nothing else. So um, it, it, it's it's a very, very exciting thing for the Indy 500. At the time as well, when this came out, we we did need some positive news. We there was a, There's still so much flack about the whole iRacing Motorsport Games debacle for IndyCar. So like we just needed some positivity. Um, yeah. and, and, and that was it. I, I think got a lot of people talking, um, and it just goes to show you still how powerful the Indy 500 is. It, it, I mean, it is still the, it's the greatest race in the world. It's the biggest race in the world. It, it, it really is. And there's obviously the Daytona 500, which is, you know, part of the triple crown, uh, you know, the Le Mans 24 hour race, of course. Um, but, but there's something about this race that truly does draw those from all around. You know what I mean? And uh-huh. and it draws those from all around and, and potentially gives them a shot with a good team. I would say a lot of the guys that we've seen from Open Wheel, you know, not uh, some of us have gone over to the Le Mans 24-hour race, but that's a, that's a different chaotic deal with four drivers. It's crazy. But with the Daytona 500, if you were to see, let's say, Elio Castroneves, who's been talking about doing the Daytona 500 this year, He's gonna do that, not with a great team, and, and you know what I mean. Yep. And, and it's 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 you you won't really have a chance to learn what you need to learn, and 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 get what you need to get because first of all, there's no practice for the Daytona 500 either. The Indy 500 is still the event where you have a week of practice. You can dedicate every moment of your life during that month of May. Obviously, Kyle's gonna be doing the double, so there's gonna be a little bit more on his on his plate, but. The Indy 500 is still so unique because you have that opportunity to feel like you have a shot at winning. Um, it hasn't happened yet for anyone else that have come over, like like Fernando or uh, or Kurt Busch. Um, but I know, I, I think, I would bet everything that I have in my household that Kyle is going to be competitive. Because I think right now McLaren is spending more money than any other team on the grid. I think they're using their Formula One connection very, very efficiently. And I think they've hired some incredible people over there. So there's a lot of really good things for Kyle. And of course, 
he's not going to do it unless he's got a shot to win. He doesn't need to. And and I, I honestly hope the same for Denny. I would love to see Denny do it. I think that would be really, really cool. And we obviously want to see Kyle Busch do it too. But it just goes to show you how powerful this event is and how exciting it is, you know, for drivers from any region to think about doing. Yeah, yeah I mean, hopping into McLaren ride, like you said, he's uh, he, he once he gets it figured out, we know that he will. Um, he's going to be right up there. I mean, anybody, I'd love to see the betting odds, uh, you know, looking ahead to 2024. It's a little too far out. But once we get to that point, let's see where they slate old Kyle Larson there in the McLaren <laughs> rifle 2024 and 500. I, I, I bet you probably feel pretty good about, um, you know, throwing, throwing down a, a little wager on him. Um, another development in IndyCar uh, over the week, it just happened yesterday, I think, or, or the beginning of the week. Uh, like you mentioned off the top, is there's about Takuma Sato. Link it up with Chip Ganassi. Going to be in the 11, Ryan. Going to be in the 8500 for them, the Ovals. And right away, as we already know, I mean, it's a two-time 500 champion hopping in with the team that last year absolutely dominated the month of May. So here we are, four months and change away from the 107th running, and you're looking at, and Takuma Sato, if everything lines up, he's going to have a pretty good shot to join that three-timer. I mean, you're a gambling man. What do you what do you think his odds are right out the gate? Like, I'm not allowed to talk about that stuff because I don't do any of that this stuff. But like, right out the gate, you see Takuma Sato in a Chip Ganassi car, two time Indy 500 winner. I mean, what are we going with? I said right out the gate, plus 600, plus 650, and that's. I mean, without, that's strong. Yeah, it, it's strong. And then you think about, you know, then getting into the month of May, what we see with practice and how he qualifies and whatnot. So then, oh, then it, it can only go up. I mean, obviously, it could go down, but it can only go up. You'd be looking at, you know, something plus 400, plus, you know, something like that. So uh, I, I feel like that's definitely going to be on the table. Um, and and uh, an interesting and exciting development, again, for the month of May coming up, that's going to throw another wrench into things for a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to see how long Takuma has been around, honestly. Like, I, I still can't believe that, I mean... He's done so much in in what I feel like has been my entire life. Like I, yeah. I grew up and I watched Takuma in Formula One, and I was like, "Well, there's the guy, Takuma Sato. All right, we know Takuma very well. Um, always Honda's guy too. Like Honda's, you know, I mean, they live and die Honda and Takuma Sato together. Like that's a great relationship. Um, and he was my first IndyCar teammate, my first Indy 500. Uh, my teammate was Takuma Sato. I got to see him work. I got to see how he does things. And honestly, like, he had an interesting rep for a very long time, right? A lot of crashes, a lot of, you know, big excitement, you know, all out. I don't know what his phrase was for a long time, but it was basically like, go big or go home, essentially. You know what I mean? Yeah. No attack, no chance was Takuma Sato, right? That was that was what I believe it was, and they sold great merch around that. And, and then on and the it, other it, end... For Matt, you got Sato'd, right? And then yeah. That's the, the, the saying. Exactly. Yeah, you got Sato'd. Like, there's a lot of things that he's been involved with. But I find it, I mean, he's a two-time Indy 500 champion. Like, the guy has won the Indy 500 twice. He's always good there. He'll always do something in qualifying where you're just like, how in the world did he make that happen? Like, bouncing off the wall and never lifting like it didn't matter if the whole right side fell off the thing in the next corner. He was never going to take his foot off the throttle until he got to the hospital. And it was, I mean, it's incredible to see. Um, and, and and getting to watch him work 
I actually can see why he's so successful. Um, very, very dedicated with our engineers when we were together there. Very, very meticulous on everything. Um, and he's got a great personality as well. Great, great interaction with, with a lot of the folks that he works with. Um, and if you're Chip Ganassi racing, why not have Takuma Sato there, right? You have a rookie driver in the road and street courses who, you know, might not be ready to take on the oval challenge yet. You have Takuma who honestly, it was surprising in the first place that he went to Dale Coin racing, but uh-huh. that was the fit. And, and, and something about Takuma as well is that Takuma's always had funding with him, right? Takuma has always had support from Honda. He's always had a lot of Japanese support, a lot of companies. I mean, he's got the most logos on his hats of anyone, right? Yeah. So he doesn't need that. Like people would hire Takuma, but thankfully he does come with some funding, which is immediately why, you know, Dale Coyne was an option for him because Dale yeah. has always kind of been, hey, we might need some some funding from from this this area or another, which is motorsport. That's what it's all about. Um, but, you know, had some great races there. Um, and you know what? Since Takuma has been around, probably since I was an infant, Maybe he is finally feeling like, hey, I've done a lot. I've drank some milk. I've won some stuff. If I'm going to go back to do these oval races, probably going to do it with the best team. And sure enough, there he is. I mean, Ganassi, obviously, last year was so, so good. I think Takuma is going to be a threat for the pole at the Indy 500. I I, I don't see any reason why he is not going to be qualifying on the front row i mean you heard it here first i guarantee almost guarantee that unless something crazy happens sato's on the front row um and 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 i i I mean good for him i've had some comings together with takuma through my indycar career but realistically you can't ever say anything to anyone who has that many indy 500s it's just like hey you know what i don't care if i if i have a problem with you well guess who still has more trophies than i do well takuma sato so uh, so he's the winner, but, uh, but really cool for him. Um, I think it'll be a great, you know, I don't know what he plans to do after this year, but what a great way to kind of wind down your IndyCar career, um, th- then to be with the best team. And, and he's almost driven for all the teams now, I feel like as well, yeah. which is, which is crazy. So good for Takuma that, that team Ganassi is going to be strong all year. Um, and, you know, and we obviously get to talk to one of their main drivers uh, later on in the show and we'll kind of get a get an idea on from him on on how how everything's looking for those guys. But, yeah, really cool news overall for Takuma. And I mean, he's going to be he's he's going to be good. Yep. Chip just uh, quote tweeted the announcement with hashtag. I like winners. So. <laughs> yeah. Simple as that. It's well documented and and well deserved. Um, they're you know the 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 uh, defending Indy 500 title team right now after Marcus Erickson's run last year and the whole success that we saw in qualifications and everything. So, hey, just like we always say, is it May yet? Are ready to get there? It's <laughs> a lot of driving the 11. Um, cannot wait. We also had some. Uh, well, actually, first I want to get into speaking of, of May and the Indy 500. Uh, something that comes along with that that we love so much is the snake pit and the concerts and the party that goes along with it. And the announcement that came today, Connor, you you have that info. <laughs> Can we get that info? Who is going to be performing? Who are we going to be seeing? Yes, absolutely. We The announcement has not yet been made public, but by the time you listen to this, it will be public. And if for some reason that announcement gets stopped, well, guess what? You're going to know anyway. So <laughs> hey, get some breaking news on Speed Street. There <laughs> That's we go. That's the... Uh, that's the exciting part about uh, 
being a listener of Speed Street, be a friend, tell a friend. Um, so the Snake Pit, obviously, is a place that I will go once again uh, before the race. Uh, they have a great production group over there. Uh, Chris Schroeder, Ashley Brown, incredible people that I've known now for many, many years. Um, and and Penske Entertainment, obviously, working with them. Um, I actually, to be honest, I, I, I did get to kind of know this earlier than than most and and get to give some opinions on this lineup um i i do feel like uh people will like this lineup i think there are there are always people who have negative things to say oh yeah. because every, think of how many musical artists are out there right that you that you want to see um but it's it, it's something that i i have a friend who is playing who who has always wanted to play uh the snake pit because he's a race fan so uh, we'll start out with the headliner. So headliner is Cascade, which big deal. Cascade, big artist all across the board. Um, Cascade has played the Snake Pit before. He does love the Indy 500 in the Snake Pit. Um, he has played at the Brickyard for Art Weekend as well before. So I think that one is always some someone that people will love. Uh -huh. um, and the next four artists are all brand new to the Snake Pit. So I think that's at least I think so. Great. So another artist is John Summit. John Summit is very talented. There are some songs that you were probably like, oh, that's John Summit. I did not know that. Um, very, very cool. Uh, this artist, Subtronics, is also playing. Subtronics is someone that I think the youths will appreciate a lot right now. I've seen a lot of Instagram stories, a lot of Instagrammies, TikTokeries. Oh, you're uh, saying they're big on TikTok? Big, big TikTok on TikTok, yes. Yeah, Subtronics. Yeah. I think that I think people will be really excited about that because honestly, I don't think Subtronics has done much here in Indianapolis before. Certainly not at this at this level. Um, now the next one, Joey, I, I think you'll find this one quite interesting, and I I found this quite interesting myself. But uh, DJ Diesel, which is uh, Shaquille O'Neal, <laughs> let's get up. So. DJ Shaq Diesel is uh, is going to be at the Snake Pit. I, oh, God. I don't know why, um, but Shaq, everyone knows Shaq, so huge for our sport. Let's go with that. I, I think mean, he's like a pretty good DJ, though. Like, he does this. Like, I've seen him down at LSU doing shows and oh, some yeah. of the bars and stuff. The, the picture that they use for him as well, which I find hilarious, um... And if you're watching on the on the YouTube's, you know, I don't well, I don't know, but Jack is sweating already in the photograph that they used of him. Like he is literally condensing, like or condensating. Like he is he is sweating already in the in the promo photograph. So that's hysterical. Um I, well, I, I hope the, she, I think the, the biggest, you know, like I I admire Shaq's venture into this post yes. playing career which is great i mean he's a man that has his hand in literally a million different things it's big enough so it makes sense but ah, the fact like his his following alone like what if shaq drops on nba tnt that like he's coming to the indy 500 you know what i mean or, or just, he has a massive following on social media too like you said everybody knows shaq it doesn't matter if you're a grandma if you're a 20 year old girl if you're it, it doesn't matter you know shaquille o'neal you know shaq and so the fact that he's got to be there and busting that out on his social medias and hopefully oh, yeah. maybe stays a lot and, you know, we'll be performing, I guess, while it's happening. But 
hey, maybe he comes in on Friday or the day before and we get some Shaquille O'Neal downtown Indy at an IMS. I don't know how he's going to fit in a two-seater. That's probably going to be impossible. Impossible. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's very, very big. That's exciting. Well, I think NBA playoffs going on as well around that time, usually. Yep. Um, there's a lot of things that we can kind of mesh together with that. Um, I think, it, it, look, there are, there's going to be a lot of, you know, EDM purists and techno house purists that are like, no. But Shaq's a party guy. There's no doubt about that. And so if we want to see a big party, a lot of social media followers, that's great. Uh, we have one more artist as well who is um, already an indie, an IndyCar race attendee. He was at Long Beach with me last year, Jaws. Um, Jaws is a very large name. BJ. He plays or he, he made one of the biggest songs for a long time that was like, that was the banger. Like you, you heard that song. And you were like, oh my gosh, I'm going to explode. Um, and so I, I think he's going to be an incredible artist. Um, the song was called Feel the Volume. If you haven't heard that song by Jaws yet, you'll recognize it as soon as you hear it. Um, so I'm excited for Sam. That's his name to be there. Uh, he wants to bring his family. He wants to bring his kid. He just had a baby. Um, so that that's going to oh, be yeah. important for our event as well. Someone who wants to be there wants to take in the event he's got a ton of followers um and and i've seen him play before and the shows are electric so great news for the snake pit um feeling feeling really good about it so so we'll see we need to make that a goal use all of our resources both with ims and dirty mo media that uh during the week leading up to the 8500 we need to get Shaq as a guest <laughs> can we you matt i would love Shaq. What I feel like I might do as well is now that I, now that technology is so wonderful, I might just go up with my phone and use the voice recording app and just be like, Shaq, quick question. Um, how do you feel about the Indy 500? Have you ever been here before? Do you know that this is not Formula One? And uh, who's your favorite NASCAR driver? Like something like really like throw all kinds of things at him and sure. just see what he says. But I, I, I think it's cool. It's It's definitely a different lineup for us. Uh, the headliner is obviously someone that we've had before, um, but hey, we're excited about it, and hopefully Absolutely. our listeners are going to be excited about it too. My mom is the biggest Shaq fan, I think, in the world. <laughs> he literally said, we're like, we did, I don't know, we were on a road trip one time, and we were just playing a bunch of different, like, you know, kind of question games to kill time, and one of them was like, if you had to be, like, if you had to be... Um, attached to somebody, you know, with like uh, handcuffs. If you had to be handcuffed to somebody for 30 days, who would you pick? My mom literally said Shaquille O'Neal. So I maybe I'll get my mom out to the snake pit, you know, and get me dirty, dirty mo moms. Oh, wow. There you <laughs> go. Mom on the streets. Right there. <laughs> mom on that the could streets, be a different dirty type mo of link. Moms. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, that's fantastic, man. I'm looking forward to it. That's great. Shaq has seen some things in his life. So I, I hope to have... You know, they're, they're, last year, remember, they had Steve Aoki playing driver intros as well, doing a little DJ in there. Who knows? Maybe they asked Shaq to come to driver intros. I don't know. If they do, I would love to just be like, Shaq, tell me two things that might be the craziest things that have ever happened to you in life. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I feel like Shaq has, has lived a life that many others will never. So uh, excited to hear about that. Excited to talk to Shaq, maybe become best friends with him and tell him about Speed Street. Tell him you know Nelly. Yeah, well, we went to Nelly and I became friends at the NASCAR right. Cup race at the Roval. No big deal. We took a picture together. I don't think he knew who I was at all and still doesn't. So that's fine. That's all right. That's, that's all right. Photo. 
Uh, before we get to Alex, uh, we've had quite a few uh, new names drop. Definitely one that just happened before we started recording. Uh, name you certainly aren't going to forget. Stingray Rob. Yes. Heading into IndyCar full-time in 2023. <laughs> Thoughts? Yes, Stingray Rob. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I had someone text me about that this morning because the announcement uh, came out today as well. And they said, um, you know, no matter how Stingray Rob does, no matter how pe- people feel about it, um, it's a name we need in IndyCar. And and I, 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 I don't disagree. Um, I don't know, Mister Mister Ray Rob or or Sting. Who says Rob? Stingrayeth Rob. I don't know. I but I want to know what it looked like in elementary school when the last name came first. You know what I mean? You had Rob. And then Stingray. Stingray. I would love to know what his third grade teacher was thinking about that. They're like, all right, here we go. And I respect his parents right out the gate, too. Love sure. where their head's at. I Same. think there was only only one place that Stingray could have gone, either Trans Am champion in the sports cars or a factory Chevy Corvette racer. Obviously, that would have been the obvious choice. But, I mean, now you're driving for an IndyCar team. However, it is a Honda team. I don't know if that affects their their family dynamic at all. If it's not a Chevy team, it's a Honda team. But Stingray has obviously uh, done well in Indy Lights the last year. Um, also uh, managed by Alexander Rossi's dad. So Alexander Rossi's dad bringing a lot of folks to IndyCar. Uh, he's got a couple other drivers in the road to Indy that he manages as well. We might be seeing some sort of dynasty being created by the uh, uh, Father Pete, uh, Father Pete Rossi. So very interesting there. Um, but that team now, Dale Coin Racing with Rick Ware Racing, very curious to see how that goes because that is two young drivers in that team. David Malukas right. only had one one season of experience. Stingray has no experience in IndyCar. Yeah. They also had an engineer leave them. So I, I, I'm very curious to see what, are they good right out the gate? Yes, potentially. But how do things develop as the season go? How, I'm just very curious to see, because normally a lot of these teams have, um, have had or have had, have, have, um, a, a senior experienced driver there with, you know, with a lot of information um, I know technically with, with Eddie Carpenter racing, we kind of, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm the experienced guy. I had two seasons. Um, and it's been tough for us at times, for sure, uh, to know where we need to go. You know, this team tested Ryan Hunter Ray as well uh, to try to, you know, get some information and, and see what he thought about things as well. Um, and and then obviously, uh, you know, I was able to find funding, so I kept the seat. Um, but um but yeah, very, very curious to see how this team does uh, going going into the future. But happy that we now have 27 full-time cars. Uh-huh. I mean, that's wild. 27 full-time IndyCar drivers is something that we have not... I, I honestly don't remember the last time I saw that. Um, it's very, very cool for, for our sport in general. And my gosh, do we need to launch this sucker to the stratosphere marketing-wise? Because you have to tell that story. There's no other open wheel racing series on the planet that has this many cars. There's no other open wheel racing on this uh, series on the planet that has this many drivers that have the shot to win. And I guarantee we'll see several races where you see P1 through P27 at a Rotor Street course all within 1.3 seconds. You know what I mean? It's crazy. 
and none that go as fast as y'all do. So that's yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. 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 You want to really, really get that sizzle reel going with that. Just uh, put that up there. Um, yeah. You mentioned, I mean, what's the latest with the television show? You got cameras in your face. When, when do they start to roll? Yeah. So very excited about our television series still. Um, and I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, CW, Vice, our, our folks that are producing our television show, the first thing they said to us on their on their um, Zoom call slash meeting announcement with us uh, was that the CW Vice, they were really trying to break into sports. So we now have this IndyCar show, right? Yep. They're also going to do a show on the Live Golf Tournament, apparently. So I I find that very exciting. I don't know if that was official news or unofficial news or, or, or speculation, but I had, I had heard that yesterday. Um, so again... If we can be with a brand like that who is willing to work and 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 ex- ex- basically launch these uh, series to the moon with sports, I think that's very exciting. Um, they're going to be they're going to be filming us already this Friday uh, in Indianapolis. I'm going to do some cool stuff with them, you know, kind of one on one documentary style interviews um, with a lot of drivers, not just me. Um, so I, I think that's that's very cool to see. It's it's good for our sport, and again. Be a friend, tell a friend. You know, you might if, if it's on the CW, if it's on Vice, whatever app it is, how you'll you'll figure out how to find it. And I, I think they're going to do a really good job. So I I I I'm very curious to see this time next year what what we say about it. But um, I'm glad that the work is 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 being done, and I think it's going to be really cool. What are y'all doing on Friday? Well, we're doing the one-on-one documentary style interviews, like they do in you know any other like like Drive to gotcha. Survive. Um, stuff like that, and uh, might do something with me at the museum, uh, walking around a little bit, talking about the the history of the race and 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 what it means and all that stuff. But uh, other than that, no spoilers, right? Because we can't can't be spoiling anything. That's ah. true. You're right, my man. All right, all week, all week, a lot of news. Uh, got to that, but we do have very special guest uh, that we need to get to. Uh, Alex Below, if you're ready, we can throw it to him. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's time to dive into a great interview uh, with an IndyCar champion and a uh, young man from Spain. We have a fantastic guest here today. Uh, He is a very successful young man. Uh, Drives for Ganassi, drives for McLaren on the Formula One side sometimes. Uh, An IndyCar champion at a very young age. Uh, Very successful. Um, Involved in one of the greatest stories of the year last year depending on what depending on how you look at it but i was exciting either way alex below and i don't know honestly if i'm saying your name right because i still don't i still don't get it i thought you were french at first that was an awful thing on my side thank you for being here uh i actually text karina your pr lady when you drove for coin and i said wait he's not french and uh they were like no he's spanish so that was my personal mistake. I don't know why I thought that, uh, so I apologize. No problem. You, you're you right. Uh, you said my name <laughs> right, and thank you for having me on the show, guys. Alex, um, I want to start by looking back on your IndyCar successes so far. There's been a lot. Um, rookie year, good, right? We have a, you know, a few ups and downs, a few things here and there. But in IndyCar... I think more than any other series, if you have a few of those shining moments, a few of those things that really set you apart, 
as someone who doesn't have a lot of experience in the car, you might get that that big chance. And and, and you did get that big chance with a, with yeah. probably I would say the most successful team in IndyCar right now. Um, even though Penske won the championship with Will Power, I would say you guys consistently had all four cars going quite fast. So how did that feel your rookie year when when you started to interact with Ganassi? You started to interact with that that next level up. W- what did that feel like? Did you because obviously you want to win right out the gate, but it's hard. It's a very hard championship. So how did that feel for you your rookie year? Yeah, so you're right. I think IndyCar is one of the only series now that still offers chances to to drivers that uh, are not on the best team or on the biggest team or doesn't have the biggest experience. Um, and IndyCar gave me that. Um, to be honest, I, I had a lot of luck. I think Delcoin gave me a good car for the first year. We did some good moments here and there, but we weren't like, oh my God, amazing, this, this guy. Um, uh, has done an amazing rookie year. I think there's been quite a lot more drivers that's done a better year than mine. But um, Chip and and all the all the team gave me the opportunity to drive for them, which for me was like um, an amazing moment, a blind mind blowing moment um, to drive for the champion team at that moment, to share team with uh, Scott Dixon, um, to be able to learn with them. And and we started the year great. Uh, we won the first race, which was crazy, and we had that good, good year together. Last year, 2022, was a bit tougher uh, on track and off track. Uh, we still were super strong. I think uh, the team did an amazing job on giving us the good cars, but we didn't really maximize everything we had. But we're still there. Finished P5 in the championship. Uh, learned a lot. And can't wait to get started this year. Alex, I want to go back to the 2021 Indianapolis 500. You're dueling it out with the legendary Helio Castroneves. <laughs> and at, at that moment, you know, the last 10 laps or whatever it was, when you're going back and forth with him, is it all crossing your mind, the circumstance, the, the, the history that's at stake right there with this guy going for his fourth? And you, this young guy, known for your first, like, did, did that all cross your mind, or is it just, hey, I gotta, I gotta uh, stay focused, make my, you know, my my marks, and and finish this thing out? Well, I was going like lap by lap uh, since the beginning uh, because we started leading quite early, I think, on the f- second pit stop. Um, but it's such a long race that I was just like, okay, let's do one more lap, one more lap, one more lap, and suddenly, um, I remember going out of the pit. Uh, for the last pit stop and I was like let's see where we are really like maybe we were like P1, P2 or maybe we are like P8 you never know and that was P1 leading by quite a lot and I was like oh my god maybe we have a chance but then I had the issue of like not knowing how to how to race yeah we were battling <laughs> but we were just trying to make a gap but I didn't know how to be P1 and keep the, the first position I, I only knew what I saw on on the TV, it was my first time leading an oval race. So I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And then obviously when I saw um, that the race was going to be between Nelio and I for the last 10 or 15 races, I was like, oh man, you're done. Um, because <laughs> come on, it, you're racing against one of the most experienced uh, guys, uh, one of the best guys at the speedway. He was going for the fourth one. I didn't even know how to lead. And I was like, okay, let's try whatever we can. So I think I tried my best. 
obviously was not enough. Um, he was a bit more clever than I was. Um, but we were there, man. I tried my best and hopefully the opportunity will come again uh, soon. And that race, I mean, that race for the championship is so important, right? That double points. Yeah. I mean, when you when you have, even if you finish second, right? It's like, okay, that that's that's not what we want, obviously. But when you look at it for that whole season, a good day at the 500 oh, can yeah. almost hold you up for so long. And it's interesting you talk about not knowing how to lead there because I thought the same thing when I first took the lead there. Like, I wanted to do it, but it it was like, wait, well, uh, I, I should have rethought this. And then, the, like, last year, I, I did rethink it for a while, and I sat behind Scott. I was like, hang on, let's be, let's think about it a little differently. And people don't realize how hard this event is. Everything has to be perfect. You have to do everything at the right time. All the pit stops have to go well because we do more pit stops there than we do at any other race. Um, but that feeling that when you, at that last stop, if, if you come out in the right spot this year, I did not come out of the right spot, but I, but, but I know kind of like we're close to that arena. Um, it, it, it is a di- every different situation in that race is an interesting learning experience. Did you find yourself again? Cause you had, again, the, the poop hit the fan, as they say, uh, when, uh, you were in the race last year and then you had to come from the back. And again, you made it back up there, but didn't quite have enough time. So did you did you pick up again some more stuff last year that you think, hey, yeah. when we get up to, because you guys, again, a, a thousand percent will be in the top five, top three all day at the Indy 500 this this coming Hope year. So. Hope so. So did you, <laughs> did you learn a lot more last year having to fight through that whole group of folks as well? I think there's, as you know, and you probably have the same opinion is that there's different races when you're leading there's a different mindset it's like okay save a little bit of fuel lead a little bit but not too much try and get a gap but try and get how the car is uh on on their tier when you're on the mid pack it's an okay race when you're on the back man the car feels terrible even if you have the best (laughs) car it feels terrible the car doesn't steer when you want it steers too much when you don't want it to steer um (laughs) and and it's tough to overtake because we are all bunched up and, well, you know. So I learned some stuff that I didn't know. Obviously, when we practice, we are overtaking cars. I try to put myself on bad situations um, and and feel the car. But nobody's willing to go deep to prevent you to overtake during practice. While on the race, everybody's like, hey, you're not going to pass me. So uh, <laughs> I learned a lot. Um, I wish I didn't have to learn um, last year. But to be honest, I had a good car that was able to overtake even when I was uh, far farther back. I think we were like 32nd at some point and made it to 9th. So um, had some fun, learned a lot, and hopefully this year I have all the ingredients to, to try and fight for the race at the end. Now I want to go to 2022. Uh, um, we all, you know, it's been well documented that 2022 was was quite a hectic, crazy year for you for the pull, for the Polo camp um, on the track, off the track. But you look at your results uh, later in the latter half of the season. You know, down in Nashville, podium finish, uh, top ten the week later. Uh, you dominate in the finale. How are you able to? compartmentalize what was going on with all the hectic craziness, you know, off the track and then still be able to go out there and put up such strong results. I think obviously that didn't help. 
uh, mentally and to to prepare races and to feel confident because I was trying to um, yeah I had too many things on my mind to worry about and and also to prepare the races and you know in IndyCar it's like race 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 one weekend off and race 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 so it goes by super quick so um, it didn't help um, it didn't I think I was able to be okay mentally um, because I was I knew everything what was going on it wasn't as bad as it looked on the video or at least I knew exactly what was going on so that made me feel a little bit more calm I had my crew but on my not on my side but I mean it was not getting involved they were like hey I don't care what's going on we're preparing you the best car we can as we've always done so that was making me feel good like them uh, being on the side of like okay let's just race and win and then you do your own stuff uh, with whatever it's going on um, and I at the end of the day it was a bad scenario but it could have been a lot worse um, um, I was trying to look the, the best way uh, or the positive way and it was that um, I was still getting a seat um, I was still getting uh, interest from two of the biggest teams in motorsports and that made me feel really good it didn't make me feel really good the the ways of doing stuff but um it's some stuff go the way you don't plan it and i'm glad that everything is okay now that everything is clear and uh we're gonna try and do the best we can in 2023 what i find i guess obviously tough period for you right but i think the good the good part I guess there, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good parts, a lot of tough parts, but you were a wanted racing driver, right? Like you were wanted by some of the best teams in the sport, like you said. Um, and then I, I would actually be curious now, cause we, we talked a little bit after your FP1 experience with McLaren at, at Coda and the, the gain in followers and attention after that Formula One, um, the Formula One outing. And I, I'm I'm very curious to see if like I I would wonder if any of those new followers, those new people that know who you are now, sure. I wonder if they were actually even following the whole saga that happened. I, I I don't know that, but is there any part of you like when that all started? And I don't want to get too deep into it. Obviously, I was known on this show to say I was someday I would like to have a chat with someone somewhere in the management team or whatever. I want to know how this went down. But was there a moment where you like saw? what was being released and, and statements and stuff like that, where you were just like, whoa, I did not expect this to happen. All right. I did not expect it to go where it went. Yeah. Obviously when, when you do stuff on your mind, you plan stuff, you yeah. normally plan it the best way for you. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly it goes sideways and you're like, oh my God, oh no, oh no. <laughs> so obviously I didn't want that to, to go as, um, as big of a mess as it was. Um, I wanted everything to go easy and, and clear and inside home, not outside. But uh, it went the way it went, not because of the fault of this guy or whatever. It was just because it went that way. Um, and I'm just happy that everything is good now. But yeah, um, it wasn't uh, the best scenario that I could have dreamed of. Sure. Where were you that first day when it all like I, I will this is it but like were were you in Indy like were you at your house when all of a sudden you I were was like, actually at the simulator oh my god even worse. I was preparing <laughs> Toronto it was yeah. even worse so it wasn't 
it wasn't great. Um, I I felt really really bad, but uh, yeah, I was preparing Toronto. I think it was yeah. like Tuesday or Wednesday before Toronto, so it was it was not ideal for sure. So in the end, though, I think it actually it seemed to work out in 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 an okay sense. I don't know what happens behind the scenes, but you were competing for an IndyCar championship, still successful as Joey mentioned, great results, and. You got to drive a Formula One car still with, with McLaren at the end of the year, and which I I thought was very good. And again, I wish IndyCar social channels would have would have maybe put more attention to that because I think that was very good for our one of our champions to go to Formula One and and put on a display that you did. Do you like how proud of that display were you, and how did that change your? outlook of the whole motorsport spectrum right we're trying to fight our butts off to make indycar grow grow and grow and you got dipped right into the series that is at maximum attack right now what was that like i mean it was it was pretty impressive already like on thursday when we were there i mean we we chatted about it yeah. and it was it's impressive how big the sport is and how well of uh of a job they they do and they've done that for uh, the past 10 years it's not something that they did from one day to another um, but to be involved in that to be like let's say the center felt amazing for me um, I gained a lot of experience on driving side and all that stuff but especially being more exposed to people um, and the recognition that there, there's people that they know me now because I did an FP1 appearance not because of I won an IndyCar championship that it's like, hey, you, you did that FP1 appearance. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, but I, I mean, it's more amazing, in my opinion, to win a championship, right? Because it, it is. The, yes. The field, the field is super tough. We are all competing with the same car, different adjustments, but it's the same car. Um, and, and, and it's 20 drivers that could win every weekend. So it's tougher to win a championship uh, that way, but still. They prefer to see you on TV for 45 minutes. Um, and it is the way it is. But I think hopefully IndyCar, as we spoke, um, we we can grow. I think the personalities inside the field are amazing. We have you, we have Rossi, we have Pato, <laughs> we have Dixon, we have Power. I think we have so many different personalities that, uh, that create a great show. And hopefully uh, it starts growing now. So we'll see. What's your relationship like with Chip Ganassi right now? <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. Uh, to be <laughs> honest, it, it's it's a lot better than what people think. Um, I uh, already at Laguna before the race, I spoke with him like just sitting on a table with a coffee, and it was it was all good. We spoke about a lot of things, but at that moment before the race, the stuff was not resolved yet. So. I went into the race without really knowing the outcome. And then uh, Monday, Tuesday after Laguna, it was when everything was said. Then I spoke with him over the phone uh, after the practices and the test with uh, McLaren, with F1, um, and then at the Christmas dinner and all that stuff. So it's all good. Um, He knows the story. I know the story. I know what he thinks. He knows what I think. uh, And it's all good. And he knows that uh, we can win a, another, uh, and we can try and fight for another Indy 500 for the team. We, he knows that we can try and uh, get another championship, so uh, we're excited. 
Well, after our CW and Vice show gets very, very successful and IndyCar gets to the absolute moon of success, there's going to be a great Netflix documentary about it, maybe. Who knows? It's going to be awesome. Um, I have a very interesting question about that that team in, in, in particular. You guys lost uh, Michael Cannon, uh, who was my engineer, my rookie year in IndyCar. I think a very good engineer. Scott Dixon's engineer for the last couple years. How does that affect you guys? And uh, does do we have a replacement for him yet over there at the team? Was that a surprise to you? What what do we think about that? Yeah, I, to be honest, I'm not that involved as you may know yeah. about all the movements and stuff. And they don't tell you anything until it's done yeah. already. Um, obviously, um, but yeah, there's a replacement. I I I believe it's not been announced yet, but it will be. And um, yeah, obviously, Ken and I work with him on my. Uh, first IndyCar test also uh, yeah. at Mid-Ohio with Coin, and it was uh, it was quite fun to then um, work with him again in, in Ganassi even if he was working with uh, Dixon's car but obviously when, when somebody that big of a, of a deal goes goes from the team uh, you lose a little bit but maybe we gain from another uh, place so um, yeah it's he's still in the paddock which that's good uh, it's a person I love, and it's a person that it's been really good for the team for year. Would you rather? We're gonna get right to it. Would you rather have your path go to where you win one Indianapolis five hundred, no more championships, but you don't go to F one, or go to F one and never win an F one championship? Oh, that's two. That's two. That's two interesting routes. So that's F1 very interesting. Without the championship or no IndyCar championships, Indy 500, correct? But also, he he he, he stays an Indy IndyCar driver. Okay, IndyCar. Yes, until he retires. Oh man, <laughs> I mean, it's tough. It's tough, man. Um, I'm not gonna say because you never know what can happen, <laughs> and then this video popping up. <laughs> two years later, 10 years later. Um, but at the end of the day, if uh, I'm really happy in IndyCar, to be honest, because I have the chance to win every single weekend. And the F1 part, you know that uh, it depends more on the team you have or the car you have. Um, but at the same time, you learn other stuff. It's a different type of series. They do a lot more races. Um, the car itself, it's different to drive. Um, so I wouldn't mind either or. Uh, if you tell me, hey, you can be here 10 years in IndyCar winning Indy 500s or championships, it's like, oh my God, that's a dream. Or if you can go 10 years there and maybe it's not winning, but it's finishing second, third, second, third, maybe it's not that bad too. So we'll see what the future holds, but um, I'm I'm happy of the opportunities I have ahead now. All right, so I'll, give you, I'll give you just a way, way, <laughs> way easier one since I, <laughs> I put John there. Um, have you found or discovered any new or uh, places you recommend for good fried chicken uh, in and around Indianapolis? Great question. I tried some, um, but not really. To be honest, one of the most impressive ones was the one we went together. Was it after the, the, the championship? Yeah, the Eagle, but was it after the championship? Yeah. yeah. Yep. That was pretty impressive. That was yes. your sandwich, the... It was your sandwich with your own stuff. That was pretty good. I went 
and afterwards, uh, I think twice already, ordered the same thing. Uh, highly recommend. Have it's you been to Raising notch. Canes? Have you been to Raising Canes yet? Yes, but that's like more of a brunch, right? Or no? A what? No, Raising Canes is like a like great chicken chicken fingers with some fries. Joey, you are you Raising Canes guy as well? Yeah, no, I love Raising yes. Canes, but uh, it's more of a brunch, it's right? Boy, like, yeah, it's like a chip, so it's more of a, a fast chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I didn't and... mean brunch like avocado toast. I yeah. mean like brunch. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Spanish, you know. That's but, not, yeah, not. yeah. I've been there. I've been there, but that's not the type of. Okay. Fried chicken we're speaking about. If you right. if you don't know fried chicken, Connor, we can teach you, but that's not the... <laughs> I'm not a chicken guy. I don't eat chicken unless I've had too many alcoholic beverages, and then I will have some chicken late at night. Why? I, I do. So it's do a diet eat? I got on a long time ago. It's, you know, it keeps my body slightly pudgy, but happy. Um, so it's it's really exciting. <laughs> Are you vegan, Connor? Huh? Are you vegan? No, no, I was vegan at the end of 2017, my IndyCar really? season there. Yes, I went vegan for a little bit, and then now I try to sway towards the pescatarian diet. So a little bit of fish, but uh, I don't eat steaks, the chickens, the stuff like that. So, you know, it's no big deal. It's fine. Steak's it's good fine. for you. Like God, a vitamin yeah, for look, people can comment on diets all they want realistically as long as we perform on Sundays or Saturdays that's all that matters so I, I I'm gonna keep living it the way it is and speaking of the future Alex what does the future look like for you you have have you do you have an idea of what f1 races you will get to attend yet yeah I have an idea it's not okay. been, uh fully confirmed yet but uh, the idea is that I can be fully focused on IndyCar while the IndyCar season is going. Yes. Um, you know, it for us, it's a really busy calendar. And I think there's only two races that doesn't clash uh, for us and F1. So might we just hit those. Uh, it depends if we don't have any commitments here in the US. Um, but my work really starts once our season is done. Okay. Uh, and once I can travel back and forth and do more work. Like, I'm not going to be... Um, traveling back and forth uh, during my season. Um, and that's something that I tried to make sure it was that way. And both uh, teams were happy with that, just so I can actually focus on winning and not having to worry about other yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah, there because there's a lot of interesting scenarios that happen with that re reserve driver role, right? Because like in 2019, when Marcus Erickson had to go back over because of Kimi Raikkonen potentially, and then I then took his spot at, at the McLaren, now yeah. McLaren team in IndyCar, I just didn't know if like, hey, if they really needed you, you know, is that's a tough decision because if you're Ganassi, how do you stop a guy from going to race in Formula One? Like I, that in my own personal opinion, but there's a lot of legal documents and there's a lot of things like there will always be someone that if you go to the, do the F1 race, someone will fill in. Right. And if you come back that, 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 that can happen, but you obviously hope that that's not the case, but you never know what'll happen. But I know that teams like to see the focus and i know that you you know you will definitely go into next year with the potential to win a championship which is for sure the most important thing but i guess you you, you might you never know right you never know but to be honest um yeah the focus the mclaren in f1 side they will use also the uh, mercedes uh reserve drivers that oh, okay. they've been using uh for the past so when we are at the race we're fully focused on the race if something happens they already have a backup um, and that's a way of like not losing 
a, a race or a championship because somebody fell bad the night before and end up not racing. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's the best also for me mentally, so I can be like, hey, I have been, I I I just I'm still part of the team and I learn some stuff while I'm away, but uh, I don't have to be worried about what's going on there. I just focus on us uh, on IndyCar, trying to maximize everything every single race. And once it's done, it's full on Apple uh, mode. Then awesome, man! I don't, I don't got anything else for you. I got my crazy <laughs> stuff out of the way. So, Connor, yeah, no, got- yeah, Alex. I mean, honestly, we appreciate this. I, I, uh, I've wanted to get you on this show. We have a, a great listenership a lot of great indycar fans a lot of folks from the nascar world that have come over to watch some indycar as well one last thought do you see what do you think indycar strategy needs to be to get to get us to that next level like you've seen it in formula one you have you gained a lot of followers by certain events you know what i mean basically one and is there like do you think that there's one specific marketing strategy that we need. Do you think there's one? Do you think this TV show, as long as it's marketed well, because I know that your brain was thinking of things too, and that's in that driver's meeting that we all had. Where do you see us going? Like this is now. This is now. We're talking about us. Like both you and I. How we put food on our tables. You know what I mean? How do we get that? How do we make that food more exciting and more good? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I'm not an expert. Um, obviously, I only have my. Neither am I. Uh, yeah, but. I don't. I know, but uh, <laughs> just to make sure that everybody understands. But obviously, I think one strategy would be to really get more content out of uh, the personalities inside the the series, uh, trying and uh, make understand the normal people that we are normal people with exciting jobs. And um, there's different personalities with Connor Daly and Alex is that way, and uh, we have the crazy Renus VK in this way, and we have Scott Dixon and power that after I don't know how many years in IndyCar won another championship after everybody was thinking that he was uh, losing performance, he goes boom and he wins a championship. So I think they, if they show a little bit more about ourselves and what's going on behind the scenes of uh, the IndyCar world, uh, we already have a great product uh, during the races. So hopefully that's going to help. Is it going to be enough or not? Who knows? We will see. <laughs> and uh, I think all the drivers are on the same page of like wanting to help and wanting to put more stuff out and, and open the doors for whatever they want to do that we're there and try and help us grow and help IndyCar grow. So I think we will get uh, a lot better. I don't know how much in a scale is it going to be. What do you think? Well, I mean, I'm optimistic. I, I think there, you know, the show is going to be great. We'll see certainly at the content day when we get out to thermal. Um, you know, there's a lot apparently going on around there. Um, but it, it's something that I try to fight for every day for for this this series because I think there's a lot that we can do that's not as hard as it might look. You know what I mean? But we'll see. I mean, I'm very cautiously optimistic. But as long as we keep doing our thing and, and creating a great product, because our product is not the problem, that's for sure. It's just a matter of getting it to the people that are, there's a lot of people consuming Formula One. There's a lot of people consuming NASCAR. How do we get, let, let's say a little bit of both, right? Like let's yeah. just get one big step forward. We, we don't need an extra 100,000 viewers per race this year. We need like an extra 300 to 400,000 per race. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and we need a million more for the Indy 500. Something that can really launch us to that next level. 
because people need to know more about you. People need to know more about all of your teammates. People need to know more about literally every single driver that's in our field. There are drivers like, you know, Benjamin Peterson, new rookies, Kyle Kirk. Kyle Kirkwood doesn't even have a verification. That guy's got like 10,000 followers. Like, like these, every F1 driver has a million at least followers. You know what I mean? So yeah. like we need to, we need to get to that point where we become a superstar. It just, it's kind of an, an arrogant thing to say, but like you just have to get there because then people care about what you're doing. And that is, I think you should go to head of marketing in IndyCar. I don't don't know if that's my job. You could share that with the driving, but you could do both. Come on. There's a job opening there, isn't it? Yeah, I I did. I did see it on LinkedIn or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. Just apply for that. Why not? You could do both. Well, uh, let me focus on this for now. We got some things to do, trophies to acquire next year, hopefully. So, not too Alex, many. Not too many. Not too not well. Too I, would, I would like a few. I, I definitely plan on getting a few. It's it's going to be a whole new year, good year. So you better watch out. Um, but you guys are going to be really good. So, I uh, I appreciate your time, Alex. Um, thank you for being on this show. Uh, we uh, I hope to uh, race with you many times. Uh, I hope that we are both. Equally successful, and we tie for the championship, and uh, maybe we tie for the Indy 500. I don't know. I don't know if that's, that's possible. That's not possible. I think it's not possible. I so I don't think that's possible. Someone's going to win. Let me win. No, 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 no. You've already had Honor. a big Aster Cup. I, I got to try to get in there somehow. So we'll figure it out. We'll talk on the side, and uh, we'll talk on the side. We'll talk yeah. on the side. And you know what? Here's the 2023, a year of no lawsuits in front of us. We're all going to be happy and we're all going to be healthy. So it's clear to that. Yeah. We need to find another way to make it exciting. Yeah. Well, I, oh, geez. I can't wait to see no, that. No, no. <laughs> no worries. Alex I'm has joking. his own reality show that we don't know about all of a sudden. <laughs> no, no. No, thank you. Right, but brother. yeah, thank you guys for getting me on the show and uh, we'll see you soon on track. Again, Alex Pillow, thanks so much to the 2021 IndyCar champ for joining us. Very insightful. We try to put him on the spot a little bit while also respecting, you know, he has to walk a very fine line. But, hey, we're not doing our jobs if we get him on the show with the opportunity to point blank, ask him those questions, and see what he says. So, again, thanks to him. Um, No, he's going to have a very strong year uh, per usual in 2023, I'm sure. Um, But... A little bit of breaking news in NASCAR here, Connor. Um, I think this is going to be very helpful to a lot of people, at least visually, to kind of figure out really what goes on inside uh, the NASCAR. What do we got? So it was a very, the way it was announced, I think, was quite interesting, quite funny. Um, but, and and honestly, I did not know that this was the case. But if you see in NASCAR a lot, um, the drivers, which is very different to IndyCar, right? IndyCar... You see us all getting ready, and we put our we put our balaclavas on, the head sock, uh, which is fireproof as well, uh, before we put our helmet on. Now, a lot of the NASCAR drivers, they don't do that. They just put their earplugs in, and they put their helmet on, and the helmet sometimes has a skirt underneath it, right? That kind of acts like a fire protectant um, for your for your face. Um, but now they 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 will now have to wear the balaclava, the the head sock, uh, which is fireproof. Um, but also something funny that I, I noticed as well, which I, when I got checked for all my safety gear at the NASCAR cup race that I did and the truck race, you know, you do have to get everything checked. You have the serious official has to check your helmet, your Hans, um, all your fireproof stuff. Uh, the one thing that they definitely didn't check, I don't think was, was the head sock because again, that wasn't required. 
um, but socks, uh, I, and I think everything else, because I, I remember bringing a whole set. Because we also, as drivers, in case you didn't know, maybe you're new to the new to the show, new to the new to the racing program. We wear a suit in IndyCar, at least, and we wear underneath a a, a fireproof long sleeve shirt, uh, and then also uh, uh, basically fireproof long pants as well. Now I put the pants uh, usually if 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 well no all the time. I put the pants over my my underbritches of sorts, right? So because I don't Season want to yeah. yeah, it's uh extra layer of protection for the for the southern regions. Um but it's it's so, and some drivers apparently don't do that. They just do the fireproof underwear. I don't know. A lot of people have different ranges. We ask ask any driver about their underwear preferences, who knows? Maybe it'll be an exciting experience for you. But uh but now um the requirement when the they put out the announcement. Now NASCAR requires everything basically that we require in IndyCar. So fireproof socks, fireproof uh, underwear, leggings, the 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 shirt. Now I wore a short sleeve Nomex shirt at the NASCAR Cup race because that was allowed. And it's so hot in these cars, so I, I it's it, it it sucks to wear an extra layer of fireproof stuff. But guess what? Also sucks being on fire. So yes. I, I think. You kind of have to do it, especially after we saw um, the guy in the truck race or Xfinity race or whatever burst into flames and he jumped out of the car while it was still going. Um, and I guess he got some burns to his face area. So having the, uh, you know, having the balaclava and all that stuff, you know, it is protective. You hope that you never have to use it. Um, but it was very funny because the way it was tweeted, people were like, wait, people don't wear underwear under their like suits? <laughs> like what's going on here? And yeah, I think you'll remember a friend of the show, Noah Gregson, uh, basically just taking his, his suit down and boom, he's just bare chested and he's got sunglasses on and, and now I'm jealous. Like I wish that, I wish we could wear that because it's hotter than the surface of the sun in an IndyCar. Um, but it's not allowed. So, uh, new underwear rules for NASCAR, very important. And we needed to make sure people know that, uh, everyone is now wearing under breeches of some sort. <laughs> Just free balling? That would be rough, dude. You're sitting I in that do it. for four hours, sweating your yeah. ball off, just swamp ass like crazy. Oh God. That'd it's be a horrible. tough scenario. It's hard to think about, but everyone has you know different ways they like to do life. So I hey, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> you got a little you got a little heat coming through, so it's sizzling, it's getting that bird flush smell. God, that's terrible. You gotta well, yeah. we hope not. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta get that you gotta get that underwear rocking and rolling, man. All right. Good <laughs> Good clarification there. You know, any of the, <laughs> the bobs or the ladies out there listening, they're going to be thinking about, you know, uh, Vinny Hamblin uh, going commando, getting all excited. Um, all right. Who we knows? And I'm any 500 driver of the week to finish things off. What do you got for us? Yes. So uh, this week, uh, one of our favorite segments, uh, the random and even Ricky Treadway random any 500 driver of the week. Uh, I went really old this time. Uh, we went 1939. Uh, went to the 1939 Indy 500. Uh, we're going to go with the fourth place finisher. We're going to have a solid day here. He led four laps as well, and he won $4,000. So a lot of fours. He started fourth, finished fourth. His car number was four, and he led four laps. I'm not kidding you. I just discovered that. I just I just read this and won $4,750. Wow, that's hysterical. So... This man's name is Ted Horn. Uh, Ted Horn finished fourth. 
He had basically everything that had to do with number four um, and did several Indy 500s. Uh, it looks like 1934 all the way to 1948, uh, which is an impressive, that's an impressive run. Um, and apparently was a, a pole qualifier in 1947. Looks like he did get on the pole in 1947. Now, again, we have to preface this. We don't know if Wikipedia is giving us the right information, <laughs> but, uh, Horn has the best 10 year streak of finishes in Indianapolis 500 history. Is that, I, I wonder if that's actually a true thing. Oh, well, I mean, I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking at it. In 1935, he started 26 and finished 16th. And then from 1936 to 1947, the lowest wow. he had was fourth. Yeah, that's incredible. Second, third, fourth, 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 third, 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 fourth. That's like astounding. I, I don't know if that's true or not. And feel free to debate with us about it because we just used the Google machine. But that is, I had no idea that Ted Horn, that was that. So... He's the Buffalo Bills of the Indy 500. Like he was just right yeah. there, and he just never can finish it off. Wow! So that is um, that is a, a shame to lose Ted Horn. He was involved in a serious accident in Decoin, Illinois. Uh, I actually got to race in Decoin, Illinois. Um, died at 38. Very sad to lose him early because he was clearly uh, having an incredible um, an incredible career. So. I did not know anything about Ted Horn, but now I'm glad I, I'm glad I do. And if if I'm stupid to not know of Ted Horn, then feel free to let me know. And the, it says the USAC Silver Crown is now known as the Ted Horn 100 in his memory. There you go. And How also, about? it it looks like his name when he was born was I Lord Theodore von Horn, which I Lord Theodore von Horn. So I don't know if that's correct or not. Again. This is Wikipedia, but I, Lord Theodore Von Horn, that's a, not only an impressive name, especially being born in Cincinnati, but uh, really just, wow, we learned a lot. Good, good call on the rebrand, though. But yeah, good call Lord, on the Much rebrand. more of a race car driver as opposed to I, Lord Theodore Von Horn, that, you yeah. know, that Old sounds Teddy, like a Swiss yeah. banker. Old Teddy, feed him the horn. Yep, we respect <laughs> that. <laughs> All right, appreciate it, bro. Well, we thank Alex below for hopping on as well. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. Be sure to follow the show, subscribe, leave us a rating and review. We appreciate those. Helps bump the numbers up. So when people are searching for IndyCar Racing Podcasts, they see us and they hop on and we grow this street to a neighborhood like we've been trying to do for a while now. So we appreciate you guys. Uh, tons of stuff we got through this week, and it's only going to keep the ball rolling as we head. Closer and closer to the start of the 2023 IndyCar season next week. We'll talk to you then on Speed Street. Big Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. You're going to win it. You're going to win it.